welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall. It's a show here on WEHC where we get to sit down and talk with a graduate. And we're so excited that our guest today is Megan Voss, Emory and Henry class of 2016. How you doing, Megan? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Good. And tell us where here is. Where are you sitting right now? Um, I currently live in Washington, D.C. Oh, well, hey, what are you doing up there? Uh, well, I got a job, so now I work here and live here. Okay, well, and you have just finished law school at Elon, is that right? I did, yep, I finished. Um, Elon does like a two and a half year program, so I graduated last December. Oh, no, December 4th, so December 2020, and then okay. took the ball in February. All right, so what kind of law are you practicing? So I currently work for the Department of Justice, um, so I guess you could technically consider it um, admin law, but I do a little bit of everything. So I work as general counsel and I do things for, you know, civil issues that we have, criminal sentencing, policy, um, any, anything and above. <laughs> so, well, so what kind of, what kind of cases then? I mean, you rattled off a good list there, but what are the sorts of things that you might be talking about on a given case? Sure. So at the current moment, I'm in a role where I'm not really in court every day. So it's a little different of a role. So I do a couple different things. One of the things that I have since kind of transitioned out of, but I started doing was stuff with um, like a lot of mental health cases. So people who cannot be, um, I guess you would say convicted of a crime because they're not mentally competent, right. but there are other reasons why the government has an interest in not releasing them to society, whether they are dangerous in, in any way, whether it be physical or um, you know, other, other reasons. And then since then, I've transitioned a little bit more into the ethics side and then also dealing with um, any information anyone wants from the Department of Justice, uh, Federal Bureau of Prisons. That, I should say that. I work under the Department of Justice. <laughs> it's a huge umbrella for the Federal Bureau of Prisons. So ah, that does sort of narrow in a little bit on what you do then. Right, right. That probably helps narrow it down a little bit more. So anything regarding any prison that we have in the United States, um, I work on those things. So that's a pretty big job right out of college. Did, did I read that you also interned with them? I did. Yeah. Um, and I got really lucky. Normally it's called um, a slip intern, but it's a huge, huge thing. And I literally, it's so funny. I just had an email from someone who's going through the process and they were like, can I talk to you about it? And I was like, of course. And they were like, well, I just feel like, you know, they can't say no. And that was my exact thought. I just was like, well, I'll apply and whatever. The worst they can say is no. And then it just kept going. And I was like, wait, are they serious? Like, <laughs> and then I got the, the job or the internship. And I was supposed to go to DC, but that's exactly when basically COVID hit and they were awesome. And they wanted me to still have an experience. So because I was going to school in North Carolina, they let me work at the, um, our institution. So a prison um, in Butner, North Carolina. So I worked there for like uh, six, seven months. What is Butner? Is that close to Elon? Never heard of Butner. Yeah, it's, um, so it's probably 40 minutes from Elon and it makes perfect sense that you wouldn't have heard about it because <laughs> it has like the prison and like a McDonald's and that's it. <laughs> 
And, and, and at McDonald's, that I'd be a little leery of eating that if that's the only thing there, prison and McDonald's. So, right. so did you have a good experience? Absolutely. That's where um, I worked on the more of the mental health cases. And I, so before I did this internship, I did one in like um, criminal defense in the public defender's office. And then I did some stuff with contracts and horses and just wanted to branch out because I don't have any family in law. So I didn't know what I liked until I just tried it. So anyway, I was, I was excited to to get that opportunity and um, mend kind of different worlds for myself. I'm really interested in mental health and um, how law interacts with that and how it helps or can create avenues, different avenues than just maybe, you know, typical criminal punishment that we think of. So that I was so incredibly lucky to be able to have gone to Butner. That's an experience that no one else really gets to work at an institution for your first internship. Yeah. Well, gosh, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, the whole COVID thing should have been a speed bump, and instead it actually gave you kind of a good opportunity. It really did. And then, uh, so the process with um, becoming an attorney right out the gate with the Department of Justice is incredibly competitive. And um, you have to go through what's called like the honors attorney process. And when I first started applying for the honors attorney program, they were like, okay, well, you got an interview and we're going to hire. They have so many people they hire per component. So uh, they told me they were going to hire four. And then another girl that I went to school with said she interviewed and she interviewed before me and they told her they were only taking one because (laughs) of (laughs) COVID budget constraints. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm like at the end of the interviews, like, there's no way. And the funniest thing is, is I feel like I got it for two reasons. And one was because I went to Butner and I had like, I had a lot of experience. They at Butner actually let me like conduct the civil commitment hearings by myself, um, which is my goodness. And they gave me uh, an insane base of knowledge that I, I, I think compared really well or or went above maybe what some other people did, but also the men that I interviewed with both, uh, they're one of them, their daughters rode horses and the other one, his wife did dressage. So half of our interview was about horses. Okay. That's (laughs) funny. Now in the category of, of networking is helpful, you know, just, you didn't even know them. And yet the whole equestrian program really helped you network, even though you didn't actually know those people. Exactly. In fact, I think the horse world and on my resume is how I've gotten like 90% of legal internships and jobs that I've had. I remember my first uh, interview for my first legal internship and I came in and he goes, you're the horse girl. I remember that. (laughs) Which, you know, could be an insult if you didn't know what that means. I mean, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to call somebody. So let's talk a little bit about your time with Equestrian, because in addition to to being, you you were, I understand, this is me trying to understand how to talk about this smartly, intelligently, but um, so you rode on three, in, in three different areas of competition as part yeah. of the Emory Henry Equestrian Program, is that right? Yes, I did. So we have um, like kind of two main routes and then there's a separate competition that we do as well. So IHSA, which is um, more of like what people think of jumping horses, Um, So there's that. And then I did IDA and that's the dressage. So the really fancy movements. And then we had a separate competition that's called ANRC that um, combines 
a written test and a bunch of different other writing components. And I did that as well. Wow. And apparently did very well in all of those arenas. Am I right about that? Yes. Um, but, you know, I can't take the credit all of that my own. We have, obviously, as everyone has probably heard, amazing coaches that I'm so Yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, you really do. I mean, that bunch, I mean, they're like, they're like some kind of dream team over there. They really are. They are powerhouses. Uh, they're respected in, an, in any area that you go to with horses and you say, you know, I rode it. Emory and Henry, and you say Heather or Lisa, people immediately are like, okay. And it's a different expectation. You know, you know, you need, you know, you have to meet that standard after you say that. Yeah. So did you ride in high school? Or was this something new that you tried out or have you been a lifelong rider? No, I, I'm a lifelonger. I, uh, you know, I kind of, I joke when people say, well, when did you start riding? And I say, probably in the womb because my mom uh, coaches. Well, that must have been uncomfortable for mom. <laughs> I even, um, you know, I look at it now and this probably isn't the safest, but I have a, a picture on my mantle of the first horse show I went to when my grandma sewed these little like Velcro straps to the saddle because my leg was too tiny to meet the little tiny stirrup. <laughs> so they kind of, kind of plastered you on there? Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> Not saying that I, I recommend that. It's just... No, <laughs> but if it works, it's probably better than buttons. If you had to do right. one or the other or glue, glue wouldn't be such a hot idea. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Gloucester County, Virginia. So it's, oh, yeah. yeah, for people who are more history buffs, it's right across the bridge from Yorktown. And if you're not a history buff, it's about an hour from Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. How did you end up at, at Emory and Henry? Was it because of the equestrian program? It was, you know, I honestly, I had basically signed on to go to William and Mary and at the last minute, uh, like maybe two weeks before graduation, my guidance counselor, uh, we were talking and she was like, have you thought about this school? And, uh, it was, it was, uh, Virginia and her mom. Yeah. And I said, I, you know, I hadn't even heard about it. And then I reached out to the coaches and I was like, well, let me just go give it a look. And my riding coach at the time, who's my godmom, went with me. And I think we just like fell in love. And I think I called William and Mary like two weeks later and was like, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to Virginia Intermont. And it was a bit of a, 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 a mess of a that on that end, but the best decision I ever made. I tell people that all the time. I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. So, so all right, help me do the math. Did you start at Intermont? Were you here there when it when it all closed down? I uh, yeah. Oh was, my gosh. In your year. What was that like? Yeah, it was uh, pretty scary. I mean, I had never even heard of that schools closed down. Like, it makes sense that I guess that can happen, but. In my mind, it's just the thing you think of, like, not the process, just, I don't know. Right. right. So, I mean, it was scary in that sense, but I have to say one of the things of, of having such a prestigious program, I felt like I felt more at ease with that because there were people who other schools who were interested in wanting to talk to us and maybe taking the program. And then also Heather and Lisa were super transparent about everything. I mean, they never hid the ball. They told us exactly what it was. I mean, I know Heather called me a lot over the 
this summer because I had taken two of the horses with me uh, just to, you know, have fun over the summer and ride them. And she kept, uh, you know, telling me what was going on and the advancements and that uh, Marine Henry was going to take the program. And was I coming back? And so they're, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They, it's not just that they're great at what they do and they teach. It's, I think, the investment in the person that makes people want to give them everything that they have and take it really serious. I love that. I love that. I mean, that does give a, a real insight as to one of the reasons why they're so successful because they take such a personal approach. Right. That's, well, it, it does seem like they have a lot of loyalty from their from their former writers. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, 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 I keep laughing about the fact that I don't know what the terminology is. And so we, you know, so I was starting to say players. So I was like, that's not it. So, so is writers, is that the right, is that the right term? Yeah. I think writers is probably the more like conversational term. Like if I was talking to someone, I would say, oh, how many writers do you have on your team or something like that? Whereas I think other people might say equestrians, which is also fine, but riders is a little more conversational. Rolls off the tongue better, right? <laughs> I don't know. I like things with extra with extra syllables. It's kind of nice. Uh, just a quick reminder to everyone that we're speaking today with Megan Vost, who graduated in 2016, has now completed law school at Elon University, and she's working for the Department of Justice in D.C., um, you know, I, I read over your, I read over some information about you and it, you're kind of like a fake kid. Uh, let me just say, because it's like, you know, you're, you know, you were like voted outstanding student at law school and you've got all this stuff going on and it's really, it's kind of exciting. Are you having a good time with it at least? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, whenever someone says, well, what are you going to do next? I'm just like, I'm going to take the opportunities that come because that seems to work really well for me. <laughs> um, but honestly, I've just been really lucky. I didn't, I mean, I didn't have any family in law and the family I had in horses was local, but the people that invested in me have stayed with me along the way, whether it be coaches at home, Heather and Lisa, I mean, they've, gotten me really far. And even the job I took after law school, I worked for um, a barn. It's located out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Greg Prince. But anyway, I, I mean, I worked for him for two years and I still go out there all the time. I mean, literally two weeks ago, I went to Florida for two weeks and helped him and just stayed in the, in the, like the, the staff house and helped at Wellington, Florida, the horse show. And all of those clients were my references to get into law school because they were the only lawyers that I knew. Oh gosh. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's awesome how, um, I think people think of networking in, in school as this big thing, like, it's scary and having to put yourself out there and you never know who knows someone else. And, you know, I'll even say my, um, my second year in law school, I was a tutor and one of the guys that came and sat with me, he also went to Emory and Henry, uh, Todd. Yeah. So he was like, funny. and I, cause that day I happened to be wearing an Emory and Henry hat and he was like, wait a second. And then one of the ladies in my class, her son went to Emory and Henry. That's so, funny. A presence out there that I think people don't always realize. Yeah, but it's funny. Emory and Henry people are always a little, it's like you, they're a little hesitant to like say it at first. I've had so many stories about people who said, oh, I've worked with so-and-so for years. I had no idea. And I'm like, how could it not come up? I mean, you know, right. isn't that like the first thing, you, or at least the third thing you say to somebody is where'd you go to school? Right. 
I think as um, you know, someone who rode for Amir and Henry, I feel like we're more open to saying, yeah, that's where I went because we're super proud of it. And we're super proud of, you know, I guess the prestige that we, I shouldn't say we, the program brought along. Um, I hope that people start to feel more open in doing that because I know so many people, even from my class that are doing different things, but are amazing. Like one of my really good friends uh, who played football, he's been coaching for, you know, Florida State University and now, you know, all these different universities and it's amazing. So I hope that people start to feel more confident in that because they should. I mean, Emory and Henry sets us up to go out there and, and take hold of all these different areas. Well, that's a nice thing to hear. People don't think I paid you to say that, but since we're talking about, since we're talking about what a good thing that is to say, I understand you also do some recruiting and help us out by talking to students. I do. And you know, um, I don't even think I do it on purpose sometimes. Like I just, I, um, I also, I still coach. Uh, so I have a farm at home. And I go there almost every weekend, if not every other weekend that I can, that I'm not maybe in Florida for a horse show or something <laughs> or working uh, yeah. during, through the week. But when I'm home, I just, uh, I have a lot of girls and I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's not every kid, but when you see someone that has that grit and you, they want the horses and they want to figure out how to make that a job. I mean, I guess it's a shameless plug, but I honestly couldn't think of any other place I would um, recommend as highly. And I know a lot of programs and it's not to say that they aren't equally, uh, they don't have their pros, but I don't know any other place you can go to with horses that has that standard of excellence that they hold you to. And it, it really holds weight. It holds water in the equestrian world. That's amazing. Well, and like you say, the, you know, Heather and Lisa have got such a reputation and have you know, 21 national championships. And, you know, we were there Saturday for just a few minutes. And, you know, again, I was just trying to, I was just trying to catch up with what was going on, but it, all the riders look so professional and they look so good. And, you know, they walked away with a bunch of ribbons and, you know, it, it just, it's exciting to see what, what, and I say you, what you all are able to do together because you have a lot of respect for each other and for the, and for the program and you get it done. Exactly. I mean, I think one of the things too of, when I, I'm recruiting and I'm, I'm getting kids, one of the best things about the program is that they give opportunities to kids that maybe weren't able to financially afford to show at these bigger places. And Heather and Lisa are really good about just seeing raw talent and like just buffing it out and making it shine. I, I can say that for myself. I wasn't a kid who, um, you know, showed at any of the big competitions. I couldn't afford it growing up, but they really reward hard work and they have a way of making that um, come through. So I think that takes out some of the ego that you might get at uh, bigger schools and bigger programs. And it makes us a lot closer knit because you know, the people you're, you're riding next to are really working for it and really care about it. Yeah. So we're, we're getting close to the end of our time together. So I want people to know a little bit about some of your, um, you know, what, I don't want to say side hustle because that makes it sound like you're moonlighting, but 
you know, what are some of the other things that you're involved in? Do you have some some hobbies or projects that you're excited about that you like to? I don't know when in the world you'd have time because you know between the coaching and the helping and the and the job, it seems like you don't have a lot of extra time. But are there other things that you've been involved in? Maybe some carryovers from college, even. Yeah, I mean, in addition to all of those things, I'm working on finishing up getting my uh, horse judging license. So the people who make the decisions at the horse shows. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I uh, have a few more things to finish up with it, but hopefully that'll be done in the next month. I also, uh, well, I do pro bono as well. In addition to my job. Nice. So uh, a lot of, um, right now issues with housing, especially in cities. So I work on those cases and trying to find people either affordable housing or, um, uh, housing for themselves and their children and, and what we can do through the law to help that. How did, you, how did you get interested in that? So the, um, you, you know, the United States uh, Attorney General kind of sent out this, you know, I, I would say plea, but, you know, wanting us attorneys and, and the Department of Justice to step up and help because it really is a, a housing crisis. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, you know, Emory is seeing those effects, maybe just because it's a little more rural. But in cities, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, the tent cities and things like that, even in D.C., have gotten really bad since COVID. And um, that's just kind of like a call to action of, you know, feeling like we have to help our help our fellow people out and not everyone or people fall on hard times. And just as easy as it's them, it could be us. And you never expect it. So. Right. Right. Well, and I think I've said this many times, I feel like COVID put us a little bit more in touch with just how tenuous life can be and how many people, and, and when I say people, all of us, how all of us can so easily fall into a situation that you just never saw coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good for you. Well, that's exciting. Last question. What, tell me something you did at Emory and Henry besides equestrian, um, besides studying your head off, which you clearly also did. Um, tell me something you did at Emory Henry that's kind of following you today and helping you out with what you're doing. Hmm. Well, I also cheered at Emory and Henry. Um, <laughs> you're such a Renaissance person. I'm, you know, expect in a minute, you're going to tell me that you also like build Lego sets and whittle. <laughs> well, I will say, you know, since the whole COVID pandemic, I've just decided that, um, maybe it's the creative energy I got from Emory and Henry that, I'm just making things now. I'm making candles. I no. I swear I'm making all these different things. So yeah, I mean, what I'm, else are you making? What kind? Of, well, first of all, what kind of candles, and then what else are you making? So I have a ton of plants. So I have a lot of herbs and different like things to make essential oils with. So I've been making completely organic uh, soy and beeswax candles. Oh my gosh! For <laughs> um, part of my Christmas gifts this year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I also, uh, I just got a food processor for Valentine's Day. I asked for it. I really wanted it. So I've been making. It sounds romantic. Uh, it is for me because mm-hmm. I love to cook. And I've been making all my own like dressings and sauces and, and giving those to my neighbors and stuff like that. So, I mean, who yeah. knows? <laughs> you were just like, you were such a surprise. You were just, it put you in a box and I like that about you. I like that about you. (laughs) All right. Well, Megan Bost, Emory and Henry class of 2016. First of all, can we get the candles? Because, you know, I I am thinking, are you on Etsy or anything? 
not yet, but you know, my fiance is pushing me to do that. But of course I'll, I'll send Emory and Henry a box. They deserve one. <laughs> just, just, just maybe a couple candles we can pass around, you know, we'll, we we'll each light it for a couple of days and say, a, you know, say a nice thing about you. Definitely. Megan Vost, Emory and Henry class of 2016. Thank you for being our guest today on the Duck Pond Wall. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Well, how fun to get to know you. And, uh, and thanks everybody for listening.